Thanksgiving's almost two weeks ago now. Welcome to another special Tuesday night edition of the Joe Six Pack Podcast. And our special guest tonight, we're going to bring on a couple moments, Justin Miller from Apex Racing League. A lot of good stuff to talk about there. Joe Six Pack Podcast is live on Twitch TV and for download later on on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Anchor.fm, Shoutcast, Pocketcast, Stitcher, YouTube, and scrolling around the web. Turns out we're on some other ones too. So you can also look for the upload to the video and the audio on YouTube where it stays forever. Be here on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Greg Dreis will be here for two weeks, then they kick it off so they can save some bandwidth, etc. And uh, we, we met our first goal of 52 followers, looking for 60. 60 mean anything? Nope. It strokes my ego, and then maybe they'll run an ad or two and throw me a quarter and uh, maybe get some beer money out of it. But now I'd like to bring in our special guest for this evening from the Apex Sim Racing E-Series Showdown, Justin Miller. Good evening, Justin. Greg, how are you? Good, how you doing? And I see in your, your bio you gave me here, it said um, Southern Boy. So whereabouts are you down south? Because I see that you've been around a little bit down there. Yeah, I'm from Jackson, Mississippi, or just outside of Jackson, Mississippi. Okay, is that is that where you are now? It is. Well, yeah, just, ah, a, okay. just a few miles south of Jackson. Uh, it's probably about 10 minutes or so. Ah, Okay. Um, I've got some Southern roots on my mother's side. There's, uh, about two hours from Atlanta, Georgia. There's a city called Augusta. She grew up there and just over the border. Yep. And just over in the, in South Carolina, a small town called Jackson. And they got a drag strip down there. And it's like, and we went back a couple of years ago and the drag strip has grown up into a pretty major event. So it was pretty happy there. So, um, so you're married and have what you describe as three devil children. How did they become such little devils? Uh, there, I got three little girls. So oh, okay. <laughs> there's ages 13, 10, no, 13 and 11 and nine. So they're two years apart. Oh, so, so you got your hands full. It's the terrible three. <laughs> Were they terrible when they're three or they're terrible because there's three of them? They're terrible because they're all because <laughs> there's three of them all together. It, it gets pretty wild around the house some nights. So you know, I never know if I'm walking into a fight or somebody crying. Yeah. It, yep. <clears throat> yeah, we've got uh, three here, but they're 26, 22, and 21. Actually, they'll be 22 and 21 this year. Um, the two youngest are a year and 20 days apart. So we missed missed Irish twins by 20 days. But since we're Irish and Scottish, we're well, on the Irish twins, uh, they got along oh, wow. for the most part, but then when you get the older one picking on the little one, so yeah, I, I've been there, done that. Um, I'd like to say it gets better. It does. So <laughs> ours don't do too bad. As yeah. long as you don't have the third one in there, life's pretty easy <laughs> around them. But you throw that third one in there, yeah, man, it it gets. Mm, I never know what's going to happen next. They <laughs> they keep us on our toes. Yeah, anyway. yeah. They go to the racetrack with me. They do. They they'll come in here and run on the sim rigs. They're, ah. they're not normal girls. <laughs> well, good. Who wants normal girls? 
Yeah, I didn't. Man, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do the girly girly thing. <laughs> no, no, I couldn't either. That's why I'm glad I'm glad Sam and Abby when they were little, uh, you know, like four and five, they both did the girly girl and the boy boy thing, whatever that's called. So it kinda saved me from doing that, but they yeah. It's it's a handful of raising three kids. I know that. Uh, it's it, it's never a dull moment. It's entertaining no matter exactly. what happens. Uh, yep. I, I don't know how to explain it. If you've never done it, you just don't understand. Nope, and you never will. <laughs> so, uh, what do you do when you're not dealing with the kids? There, you said you you, you work outside. Yeah, I work for a underground utility company. I oh, bury okay. utility lines. All right. For a living. It's. I never knew there was an art to digging a ditch until about six months ago. Uh-huh. Before that, I was a, a audio-video technician, and I've done electrical work. I've done a little bit of everything. Oh, what type of audio-video? I did commercial audio-video from churches to boardrooms to... Oh, no kidding. Uh, uh, nine yards. I had always had a fascination with um, audio and video. More audio, because when I was like 14, I was started hanging around radio stations and just fell in love with the medium and then i always wanted to you know do recording and i, I did a little bit of work um doing you know voiceover commercials and i absolutely loved being in the studio watching all the all the buttons on the mixing boards and such like that and just the acoustics in a room like that are are incredible and i've got a friend that does commercial audio video he and i were both we you know we talked earlier I mentioned i did talk radio and uh-huh. he, he was my engineer and he branched out on his own. And every time he's he, somewhere, he says, Hey, I'm doing this today. And he's got his either, he's in a, either in a big studio with the big mixing board and the acoustic panels all over the wall, or he's out in the field working on movies and commercials. It's, it, it's, oh, wow. yeah, I, I miss doing that, but that's why I started yeah. doing, doing podcasting is because it's the closest thing to talk radio and I don't have to go to a radio station to do it. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I, I miss it just a little bit. I just yeah. quit in, in May to uh-huh. go chase this underground career. Yeah. Some days I wonder if it was the right choice. Other days I'm like, yeah, I'm not sitting in, sitting behind the mixing console or exactly the cable through an attic yeah. or something like that. I'm like, yeah, it's not so bad. No, working outside's great. Like I said, I I don't dig ditches, but I dig holes and plant trees and. Rolling around in the ground, pulling weeds and mowing lawns. Um, I'm a, I fight with landscape guys all the time because they <laughs> cut our cables. Oh, yeah. You, you, some houses, they require us not to dig through the grass, so we have to get through the flower beds. <laughs> yep. And then no matter how deep you get the cable, they'll still cut it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We Do you have um, 811 down there where anybody that's digging is supposed to call three days before? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. We do. And, yep. man, a lot of our la- landscapers down here, though, don't call them. Ah, uh, okay. You see if you, if you it, it happens, but and it's not new. <laughs> no, it's, it's the same. Trust me, it's the same up here in New York. Except if you don't call eight one one beforehand, um, and you rip up a line, there's huge fines. I don't know what it is down there where you are, but up here, it's it's massive fines if you get if you get caught. Yeah, I know it's gonna be expensive down here. Yeah. Um, it was expensive the other day. I hit a water line, so oh, I hit no. a water main. <laughs> I'm on the water main. It was, it was not a good Friday afternoon. No. <laughs> well, at least it's warm down there. When water mains break up here, which they do because 
up here in the cities and stuff like that, our infrastructure in some of these old cities, some of them are, uh, not even metal pipes. Uh, gosh, it's like Orangeburg pipes, kind of like a, a clay metal, whatever, or actually clay oh, that, yeah. were, that were put in, in the 1800s. And they never break when it's warm and sunny out. It's always like now when it's in the twenties. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> that's, that's the only way it goes. Yeah. So anyway, back on the, the eight one, one thing, yeah. I didn't realize I was supposed to do a foundation planning for a lady over in, um, across the river from me. But I can't. I, I don't know if you have any uh, tick-borne diseases down there, like Lyme disease or anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I I got one of them back in October, and it it it, it would be Ooh. like it would be like driving i racing in third gear on a on a restart is what it felt like. You know, like being eighty five ninety percent there. But anyway, she called and had everything nine eight one one come out. And I didn't realize that there's like a two foot tolerance on either side of the line where they're, where they spray it. I thought it would, they were pretty accurate. <coughs> ah, okay. So anyway, she had natural gas lines, but they were four feet deep and pretty much out of her way. So you mentioned you take your family to the, the racetrack. What kind of racing? Um, they racing oval. They're ah. ovals. Oh, it's big down here in the South. Oh yeah. Uh, we we actually have a friend of ours that has a, a 602 late model, which is the, uh, I don't even know what they call it. It used to be Neesmith, but I don't know what it is now. I don't remember the verbiage <coughs> that they yeah. have. Um, we've had we've had a car now for about five years or so. Ah, uh, do you drive? I ain't crazy enough. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm a little more sane than that. I like my life just a little bit more. Yeah, I I hear you. I was starting to get worried because my youngest son wanted to do it. He wanted to start with uh, four cylinders on dirt. And we've got it. Um, let me see. Within an hour of where we are, there's three tracks. And when our governor had us locked down last year, was it last year? Last year, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we wanted to go to a dirt track. We had to go to Vermont, which was like 120 miles each way. So oh, we, wow. we did get to see some races last year, but there's three tracks within an hour of us. And he wanted to do uh, four cylinders. And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, okay. Better have your own insurance policy because you're not, our medical won't cover it. So he talked himself out of that, but I don't know if you've ever seen uh, the 24 hours of lemons, which is a, a kind of a spoof of the 24 hours of Le Mans. Uh-huh. So basically what it is, do you have um, demolition derbies down there? No, it's not that big down there. Ah, it's, okay. it's more of a Midwest thing than, yeah. than a Southern thing. Okay. Well, if you've ever seen them, how they just take like a piece of crap car, put a roll bar in it, and either weld the door shut or chain them shut um, and spray paint them with uh, fake company names. Like one guy had a BMW that he was in a demolition derby up here with. And he spray painted BMW and then underneath big money wasted, which is pretty funny. So 24 hours of lemons is, um, same idea. You get, you can spend like no more than five or $600 on the car. Um, it's gotta be, you know, the windshield's gotta be taken out. You gotta have the roll yeah. bars and it's basically a junk fest and it's either on a lot of times they're on road tracks. So he's got me talked into doing that next year. So we're going to do two or three of them. We have some friends that are involved in them and the races go 12, 
12 hours each, eight hours each, and you switch drivers. And one of them last year or this year was on Halloween weekend up at New Hampshire Motor Speedway on their road course. And if you bump into somebody or whatever penalty they give you, your penalty was you had to go down pit road, get out of your car, and carve a pumpkin to the satisfaction of the judges. That was your penalty. All the meanwhile, the judges are in kilts with swords, and they're waving the swords over you going, shame, shame. So it's, and then they do it in Connecticut, and there's a, a lake with an Indian name about 27 letters long. And you can't go back on the track until you pronounce the name of the lake correctly. But it, they said it's a hoot, and it sounds like it just sounds like a lot of fun. <clears throat> so, it, it sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. And, um, and that will there's be not really any. We don't really have any road courses around here. The closest one to us is Birmingham or oh, okay. New Orleans. Yep. So, um, is that the, um, the 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 team that you crew for? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I've been working on the car for, like I said, probably five or six years now. I don't lost count. It was 2015 was the first time we built the car. Oh, no we kidding. built what they call a factory stock. And, man, that was some of the funnest nights we ever had. I'd get off of work at 6, 7 o'clock in the, afternoon, in the evenings and go to work and go to the shop. And I'd probably, I would leave the shop at midnight some nights. Oh, wow. And, uh, that sounds like fun. Oh, it was a blast. We we got we built the car in six weeks, and this is before we got our late model. And uh, we built this car in six weeks. Went out first week out, we broke something. I don't even remember what we broke. Yep. We put it back together. Went back the next week because this was when one of the local tracks was still running weekly, just about. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and every time, every time we took the thing out, we'd break something. The last time we broke it, we broke it really well. We broke the AR, the AR mounts off the frame, and oh no, the AR ended up in the mo- end of the headers, and dude, it was bad. The tire was twisted all up into the into the inner fender, right, inner fender area right there. It was, it was a mess. Oh, how long? How long did it take to we fix that it, one? We took it apart, put it back together. It's a, it was a nineteen seventy eight Camaro. Wow. And uh, I wish I, I wish I'd sent you some pictures of it. It, it was cool. Um, uh. But we we put it back together and we took it to a track that's about three hours from here called mm-hmm. Magnolia Motor Speedway. We had two uh, two of these cars. They were built as close to identical as you could build them. Oh, that's cool. And uh, we went up there that weekend after tearing it all to pieces. We would finish first and second ripped the door off the race car it was it was wild (laughs) our driver finished the race with no door no quarter panel oh my gosh and and, uh still ended up running second that i I would imagine he 20 something cars uh i i imagine on a dirt track racing around like that with no door he probably needed to change his pants when he got done with the race Luckily, it was the passenger side. Oh, okay. <laughs> look, wow. we we accused him of being faster because the car, the door was off, so he got more downforce because the air was going <laughs> through the car, and and oh, so we accused him of being faster. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I man, it was one of the funnest nights I'd ever had. Huh. Um, then then we went to running these late models and. That's a whole different animal. Yeah. <laughs> Growing pains is all I'm going to say to that one. 
Yeah. <laughs> so how did you, you said it was a 67 Camaro? It was a 78 Camaro. Oh, 78. How did you find it? And what's the process of turning a street car like that into a, a dirt car? We actually bought these cars. They were already converted when we bought oh, them. Oh, so I got it. That makes they already sense. had the roll cage in them. Okay. Had, the interior's good and everything's out of it. Oh. For the most part, it's just a roll cage. And the only thing factory left on this car, I think, was the frame, which is which was a mono, whatever they call them, those little mono frame things. Uh-huh. And the roof. The roof was all steel and period correct. Oh, cool. Um, but everything else was sheet metal. It was all, there was some pieces of stock sheet metal still on the car, but yeah. you couldn't, you couldn't salvage a lot of it. Most of it got turned into that aluminum sheet metal, like the dirt light models you use now. Oh, no kidding. So you literally took the sheet metal off and put a new body on it. Cause I, I love to yeah. watch cars go fast and I can drive on iRacing, but that's my extent of knowledge about, anything with cars i i look at the setups on iRacing and i say i forget it you know because i i I change the camber on the wheel and my gas cap will pop off that's that's my (laughs) i got you yeah man i grew up around cars and stuff like that and uh i grew up in cars not around them (laughs) my dad when my dad was working on stuff all the time oh i got you okay I, I always had a love affair for cars, but yeah. as I got older, I was like, I don't like just bending over stuff. I don't like, uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a hobby now instead of a, instead of a career. I got it. Yeah. I, I, wish, I wish that I chased that career some days. I mean, I had, I had offers. I'd applied to go to UTI and all that stuff and just oh, never no did it. And uh, got, got sidetracked and started doing other stuff. And, <laughs> Life went different directions. Yep, it does. Um, how did you get back into uh, racing when you left it for a while there, or cars? What got you back into cars later in life? Audio video, actually. So the, the guy we race with, um, Brian called me. He said, hey, I got speakers out at the racetrack. At the, that time, he was managing or uh, promoting Jackson Motor Speedway, which is just right outside of jackson here mm-hmm. and he said hey i got speaker issues he said that's what you do for a living yeah he said come by and uh come on come down here and see if you can figure out what's wrong with them. Ah, cool so that's how it kind of all cycled back around and the bug bit you again oh yeah man we yep. started we started hanging out at the racetrack every every weekend and all and he's like hey come down here and work so i don't have to worry about these things not working so oh that's fun started working Started working the racetrack with him, and it, it led into, "Hey, I want to build a car." Okay, <laughs> yeah. Things went from there. So yeah, what I found <clears throat> it's 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 a small world, and if you just start hanging around, you start talking to people, you get sucked into it or dragged into it because everybody wants to help and um show you what they do and like that. So. Um, I, I, I've done some commercial photography and my son started picking it up and he's going to be, uh, shooting, uh, for a couple of teams next year. One of them is a possibly an ARCA startup team. And he's also going to be doing some at dirt tracks and such like that. We both volunteer over at Lime Rock Park, which is about an hour from us. 
We go over there okay. on, <clears throat> we go over there. They have three major weekends where they have um, a volunteer crew comes in and it's um, Trans Am series, IMSA, and then their historics weekend, which is all the old cars. So yeah. we do anything from making sure the drivers get to the podium if they win. Um, I got dragged in this year to hand out hats at the finish line. And I'm like, yeah, that's easy. And they go, no, it's not. Because when they come down pit road, you got to know which car it is and how fast they're going. And then make sure when you're coming back across it, no one's coming down the other way at 70 miles an hour. So it was, it was pretty cool. So we have a lot of fun. Sounds fun, actually. Oh, it is. It's great. But like I said, my that's as close as I've gotten to um, actually driving anything besides iRacing until we get, um, do this 24 Hours of Lemons next year. I, it, it'll it be a hoot. I have a feeling it's going to happen. I have my doubts, but I, probably a year from now, we'll be talking about how I managed to destroy the car or destroy somebody else's car. <laughs> but... It sounds like it sounds fun. entertaining. Yeah, it uh, does. I drove. I drove our factory stuff when we finished it. I ran probably five, ten, maybe twelve laps at the most. Oh, that's cool. But man, I was I wasn't on the throttle with it. I yeah. didn't have a helmet on that fit correctly. Oh, I got so you. And I go down the racetrack, the helmet would bounce, so I'd lose my sight for a minute. Oh no, and, that's not uh, good. <laughs> it was like no, I'm not fixing to tear this thing up. We just put it together, and <laughs> I, I don't want to destroy it. Yeah. I don't blame you there. When you got a big head and you're using a guy's helmet that's got a smaller head than you, it's yep, it's never a good thing. No, it's not. <laughs> um, only time I've been on a track, I got to drive my Toyota Tacoma on Lime Rock. Uh, what they have is like they call them like a charity lap. You uh-huh. you throw twenty bucks in towards a charity. You get in line. The pace car takes you around and you. I was doing 75 in my truck on Lime Rock on the front stretch. And as you know, with road courses, there's not a lot of room to pass. And we're in single file. And I'm like, this is fast enough. I said, I'm done. And then we went up to um, IMSA this year at Watkins Glen. And we were going to go anyway, but I entered the IMSA contest and we got free tickets. We got into the WeatherTech hospitality tent and I got a chance. Actually, I got a ride in the new Toyota Supra. Um, two laps going around Watkins Glen, and I don't know if you ever know Watkins Glen. That they have the, I call it the backstretch, just before the bus stop. And yeah. the, the guy's narrating while we're driving. He says, "And here we go. We're going to the bus stop. We're at 149 miles an hour. Here's the bus stop. Whoop, we're doing 70." And the G-force was unbelievable. I was laughing the whole two two minutes around the track. It was so cool going 130, 140 miles an hour in a little Toyota Supra. It was great. That, that sounds cool. Oh, <clears throat> oh excuse me. Ah, <coughs> uh, cold or whatever coming up again. Yeah. So uh, I understand it's got cold <laughs> down here right now. So. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. What what's cold down there? What? What's the temperature down there? It is. Last time I looked, it was low forties. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, that's cold for down there. I'll give you that. I think we were in the 50s today, and it was in the 20s over the weekend. We're at 45 right now. Okay. The low is supposed, it's supposed to be warming up, actually, not, yeah. not getting any colder. All right, I'll, I'll we'll give you like, that. That, that. We'll that, be like in the 80s by the weekend. Oh, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> if, if it gets cold down here, it's going to be snowing usually, and 
Yeah. That don't happen till late January, early February. Oh, gotcha. And we've even had snow in April down here. No kidding. Yeah, it snowed yeah. like the first of April a couple of years ago. Wow. Usually April we're done with snow up here. Um, I used to go down to Atlanta every winter, like two weeks after uh, Christmas was done to when I, like we were talking before I was in the lawn and garden business, I was a hard goods buyer, you know, buying the fertilizer and all that stuff. And we go uh-huh. to Atlanta and I figure out Atlanta, it's nice down there. It's going to be warm. We got in Atlanta and it was during a cold spell and I'm waiting for the train in the morning to go in. Cause we, we stayed outside of uh, Atlanta and it was one below zero. And all I had on was a light windbreaker and I was, and it was windy and I was freezing. I'm like, what Ooh. the heck is going on here? And then they come out with, well, the trains are running slow because the steel on the, you know, if you're in a warm climate like that and it gets cold, it kind of makes sense. You know, you think, oh, you know, steel contracts. So they were, they were yeah. afraid that the rails were getting smaller because of the cold. And I'm looking, I'm like, wait a minute. I've been on Amtrak up here when it's been 20 below zero. They don't slow down because the, the, the tracks are shrinking. And then I remembered we had a heat wave once and I was coming back from Baltimore on a train and they were slowing the trains down because they thought the train, the tracks were expanding too much. And I'm like, okay, just the difference in the weather and in the location where you are. That's crazy. <laughs> it is. So tell me a little bit about, uh, actually a lot about apex sim racing and your, so, your E-series showdown. What kind of cars, what kind of tracks, how long have you been doing it? Apex sim racing. <laughs> started the e-series showdown started just last year and i gotta say thank you to jimmy at apex uh sim race and custom products that if it wasn't for him we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be where we are probably now cool um so i'll back up before before i go too far with it i'll tell you how this got started good go ahead we got all night so <laughs> so about a year ago now a little over a year ago now Right at probably a year and a half now. Oh, uh, Aaron and myself, Aaron Hancock and myself started. Actually, I knew Aaron. He lives around the corner from me, and all this. I knew Aaron for a little while, but didn't know him very well. And I posted an Instagram picture of one of my cars off of iRacing. I don't even remember which one it was. And Aaron shot me a message. He said, "Hey, you run iRacing?" I said, "Yeah, just got into it about six weeks ago or so, a month ago. So it wasn't long." And uh, he said, "Yeah, I got, I got one too." Well, that's cool. Oh, really? Now, and, and it just started going from there. And we were both different I ratings, different SR ratings, and it was like, man, we can't ever get a race where we can actually race together. So we were sitting there one night. We were just finished running some races, and I had spotted for him, or he was spotting for me. I don't remember all how all of it, all the circumstances came about. And Aaron goes, we just need to start a league. That mm-hmm. way we can run together and <clears throat> we can find some other folks, meet some other folks and run run with them and just kind of get a little deeper into the, into it. Yep. All right, cool. Yeah, let's do that. So as it progressed, I I didn't even know Aaron had done all, all the prep work and all this. And he goes, hey, we got a league race starting, say this was – uh, September, October, maybe, or even August. I don't, I, I don't remember the exact time frame. And he goes, "We got a league race. We're gonna start. We're gonna do six races this year, this season, and <clears throat> we called it the Po Man Truck Series." 
the at the first race, I actually missed the first race because I was doing something else. Didn't just was like, man, I'm not going to get in there on the computer. I don't really want to race tonight. <laughs> Had a yep. bad day. <clears throat> yep. I, I was off in my own little world. I was like, man, I don't even want to race. Y'all have fun. Uh, I'll race the next one. I wish I'd have raced that first race because uh-huh. I'd have had a shot at a championship if I'd have run the first race. Uh. <laughs> but the first race was five guys, I think, and four of which may maybe that first season still still race all together. Now, cool. it, it, as we picked as the season went along, it was like six races. So yep. the we added four or five more drivers each time. I think we ended up with like eight at the end of the season. And I believe when I counted it up last at the end of this last season with Apex, after we changed the name to Apex, I believe there was six of us or seven of us that still ran every, every, just about every race in Apex um, from the original, the uh, original eight or, whatever it was then. Um, and it's just grown from there. Uh, we did two seasons of Apex, I mean, of uh, O-Man Trucks. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> uh, a guy by the name of Alex Feath won the first season. Alex played the points right to get it. And then Aaron won the second championship. And then as things progressed, we added more folks and kept adding more folks. We, Aaron's uncle actually races with us and he, he started buying Apex Sim equipment and setting his rig up when he built his rig. So, side note, chasing rabbits here. I told you earlier, I have ADD. No, that's fine. (laughs) As we were, as we all helped Tracy put his rig together. And everything. He, uh, sorry, I had to turn the fan on. I had to reach across nope, the that's computer fine. to reach the fan. <laughs> As Tracy was putting his rig together, he started looking for button boxes and all this. And he went above and beyond where all of us were. We were all, Aaron and I both had a sim racing chassis. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, Aaron had a desk at the time when we first started Poman. That's how we started on a desk with a laptop. That's that's pretty much what Aaron had. He had a desktop and a desk, and that was it. <laughs> um, been there, done I that. got into this. <clears throat> my wife, my wife and I had been talking about it, and had some other buddies that raced locally and all. And it's like, hey, man, I don't have time to do that. My kids keep me busy. I got mm-hmm. so much happening. I mean, we have real we we had the real race car at the time, and last year we didn't race very much, so. Freed up a lot of time. I was like, oh, let's get a rig. Well, my wife said, okay, let's get a rig. So we got a rig, and it, it was actually the stimulus check, man. I was still working through through the uh, pandemic, so I had yeah. my stimulus check there. So well, let's, cool. let's use it. So we built, we built one with the stimulus check, the first stimulus check. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how we got into, into sim racing. <laughs> so... Tracy had been talking to Jimmy at Apex about sponsoring sponsoring the league. Well, we didn't when we first got when we first started the Apex side of it. We didn't want to just throw the league out there and say, "Hey, we're broadcasted and yeah. all of this." Because you get a lot of folks just jumping in because of the word "broadcasted." Exactly. Yep. So 
we wanted to we wanted to make the product the racing product as good as we could get it we wanted to get the a good group of guys together and start having some really good races well we did that our the, we've had our growing pains along the way we've sure. had some a lot some guys that didn't work out some guys that only shouldn't have worked out but somehow or another pulled it together and made it work um but our first our first couple of races man I, at apex we were like uh, what did we do? Because <laughs> they were they were a disaster. Yeah, the first first race at Daytona was just junk. Oh, Daytona! Hey. Yeah, we 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 do Daytona as recruiting races or Talladega. Uh, it 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 brings the people in, but it also brings the checkered the uh, yellow flags out too. It does. It brings yeah. right, a lot of yellow flags out. Well, our very first Apex race was a clash type race just so everybody could get used to each other mm-hmm. and we were running down the back straight away we all there's five teams in apex that actually start that actually have drivers that start or try to have drivers start every week so that we have at least there's supposed to be five team members some of them have four so we tried for a field of a minimum 24 mm-hmm. and the first season we had we we were averaging 20 20 to 22 yep but that first race we had almost 30 34 35 daytona for a fun race basically for the league and to get to know everybody and some of us hadn't run together so we were trying to just mingle everybody together Mm -hmm. we had a few drivers that thought going three wide on lap two was a terrific idea yeah and we ended up with the whole entire field piled up on the back straightaway. <laughs> yep. We had, it sounds like some of our recruiting races, um, were, uh, it, it was miserable. Yeah. And Aaron and I both, we, we sat there and talked after the race. We were like, dude, if this is the way this is, I don't know if we'll ever broadcast this league. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how did you, how did you fix that problem? It, it, it's a self correcting action. Actually. Sometimes okay. she, you embarrass somebody enough when they wreck when they wreck the field like that because a lot of our guys run several different leagues and yeah we we pretty much have a sister league called the original rebels racing league mm-hmm. those guys are a trip over there um <laughs> i man we race with probably half that half that league in our league and it it's a good, a great group of guys. They had a lot oh. of great races, and as we weeded out some of the folks that just didn't mesh with that their style yep. of racing and our style of racing, as we just kind of combined everything together, mm-hmm. it it started leveling out on its own for the most part. It seems and to, yeah. Man, we have we have a lot of races. We run a hundred laps every Thursday night, and a lot of these races are good, caution free unless somebody just makes a mistake and gets in too hot or gets in too deep. Wow. That's pretty good. Just ADD kicks in and (laughs) (laughs) we'll, we don't get, but probably two or three at the most four cautions. Last week was Pocono. We had four cautions, I think. Mm -hmm. And Pocono is a hard track to race at. It is. And uh, it was probably one of the best finishes we've had in a while. Cool. Um, we ran we ran at Rockingham this year, which was different. 
Uh, a lot of folks have never run Rockingham until we got till third race of the season this this season. But uh, it the once you get once you get people meshing together, you usually figure out everybody's driving styles. That's and true. Who's going to dive in on you? And mm-hmm. we we pretty much let a lot of it police ourselves. We didn't want to go in and have a rule, have a bunch of rules. Right. It said, oh, if you touch somebody like F1, if you touch somebody, it's a three lap penalty. And yeah. So on, so on like that. It's kind I mean, of, we've had to give some warnings and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's not been, not been too, too, too bad. Yeah. We had, we had, we had kicked anybody out yet for rough driving. All right. We've had to, well, this is our third season. Um, third season with trucks, third season with cup cars. And I think in the three seasons, we've only had to kick, I think two or three people out. And a lot of that comes from during the recruiting races, um, which we're, we've got 21 recruiting races scheduled between this Sunday and the first of the year, because we're operating four leagues now and we'll probably pick up, I'm guessing for the cup league, we have a maximum field of 35. Never had that many. We've been doing like 20 to 22 cars, kind of like you guys do there. We'll probably yeah. pick up five new drivers. We'll probably lose a couple. Uh, trucks were looking to build the field from an average of 10 up to around 15. Formula V I, on road courses, I think, is going to be a hit because there's a lot of road course drivers out there, and the Formula V is a fun car to drive. Um, do you have, have any? You re- never driven those cars. Oh, it is. Try the Formula V if you've. Uh, like like Indy or F1 and the, like it's this little pocket rocket. It is so cool to drive. And the coolest thing about it, it, it it's funny is when if you like when I ride drive over at um uh Lime Rock on the Formula V on iRacing, you go off the track and you go through the grass and you can see the two tires are right there in front of you, all the blades of grass on the tires. That's how great the graphics are. Some of it, oh, it wow. it's just it's, it's just funny to look at it and say, "Wow, I got to mow the lawn." Um so what are your requirements to join the league? Do you have an I rating cap, a safety rating thing, or ha- if somebody wants to join, how do they, how do they get in? What do they have to do? So the easiest way is to follow us through one of our recruiting races. We haven't got the Facebook page put up yet. Mm-hmm. It, like I said, it's, we're steadily growing, but it, a lot of it's just word of mouth. And our drivers will, when they see somebody looking for say a league on, Facebook or something. Some of our drivers will tag Aaron or, I, Aaron or myself and say, yep. "Hey, do a little send these guys some information and all this." And a lot of them will check out, and make sure before they get into the league. Uh, they might get approved for Discord, but they may not get far enough to even apply for the league oh, okay. once we figure out who they are. Yeah, and it, it all depends on. There's no I rating cap. It's more of just a C license because you have to have a C license to drive the trucks on iRacing anyway. So we set the iRacing cap to a C. Ah, or okay. The safety rating to a C. Right. And do they have to audition or required to go through any uh, recruiting races? or? We prefer it, but if, mm-hmm. if it's somebody that's following through, say say it's one of the Rebels guys that wants to race with us, usually they get approved and yeah. nobody says anything because they race with a lot of us on uh, just about any night of the week, Rebels runs every every night. I think there's a race. Oh wow! Of some sorts. And so a lot we, of pick, we picked up a lot of them there. We've got guys from there. Aaron was actually supposed to run a race tonight, but with the iRacing glitch, yeah. Um, 
being down all day. The league they were running was Tuesday night, Tuesday racing race nights or something like that. It mm-hmm. used to be trucks. T R U C K. Yeah. I mean, T R U C S. Uh, okay, I've seen and, that league. Uh, Dylan and them ran a pretty good league over there. Some of uh, some of us got out of it through through some things, but uh, Aaron Aaron was supposed to race with them tonight, but with the cancellation of the race, it just kind of was like, eh, well, okay, yeah. And we picked up some guys from over there. Um, this season we had we've added some more guys from the MPI Cup League. Um, it, we had a couple of them already. And it's just kind of grown by word of mouth, more more or less. Um, it it's been interesting to see some of the cast of characters. Man, we went from having <laughs> just one or two aliens in the field. Now we got probably a dozen aliens making a top ten. You got to be up on the wheel and really, yeah. really get with it to make a top to get a top ten these days. Yeah, we're some we're starting to to get that way. Um, we have an I rating cap of two thousand and. License rookie 2.0 to a 4.0. Um, and we've seen some drivers that have started last year. Um, it's funny. We have a f- father and two sons that race together and, mm-hmm. uh, they're both admins in the leagues and we expanded. We have seven admins. Now we, we had four, but I, I just too much for me to do by myself, especially with all the new leagues we've got going. And, the the one guy Anthony he said to his father hey you gotta you gotta race with us it's a lot of fun and he's like I'm not because Anthony is I think he's around thirty and his father is fifty six I'm fifty nine so we're pretty close in age and he's like I'm not playing those stupid video games I'll race on Sundays and that's it I'm not gonna practice I'm not gonna do this next thing you know he's like uh, can we do a truck league so he's running the truck league he's an admin in the league and their team is Anthony his father and a guy from Virginia and then a neighbor of theirs. And you should see them all week long. They're, they're practicing all week and they're coming up with their pit strategies. And it's so funny that he said he wasn't going to race except just every other Sunday or something like that. And now he's like gung ho and taking, taking charge of the league. So, oh yeah. It, it, it's amazing. This, yeah. How quick it, it'll grab you and suck you in. I mean, we go through stages where we don't want to race, or you just yep. get burnt out because you're having a terrible season. Yeah, but we have we have a father son duo that runs that races with us in Apex. Uh, Alex and Mike both. <clears throat> Alex Alex started racing with us uh, actually our first season, and was the first season champ. Cool. And uh, his dad about. Maybe a year, maybe a year ago now, decided he was going to get a re- get a wheel and start kind of dabbling with racing with us. And yeah, it's progressed. We got the unique one of a nephew and an uncle racing together. Oh, okay. So Aaron, Aaron's uncle Tracy races with us, and which is there's four admin over here: it's Aaron and myself, uh, Chris McLean, and Tracy Passons, and. Tracy, Tracy and Aaron, Aaron was talking about it at work to Tracy, and Tracy's like, man, I used to run the Open Pirates Racing Leagues and stuff like that. I might want to get back into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what, that's how Apex came about. I, I was telling the, half of that story earlier where yeah. Tracy got to know, got to talking to the, to Jimmy at Apex. Yeah. And uh, 
that's we were looking for some help with broadcasting and stuff like that and mm-hmm. that's apex came on and said well we'll let you use our likeness as you grow the league and oh, all cool. this and just don't just tell you guys not to do anything stupid and with our logos on the on the cars and stuff and yep. just be mindful of what they do and represent us correctly uh speaking so, speaking of that we had um what do you do with in-race incidents? Do you, for instance, in our league, we have, uh, it, we call it one and done. Somebody wrecks you, you get wrecked, you call him a dumbass, he calls you a dumbass, and then you go on or you apologize. The guy I had on last week, because um, his sponsor is a personal friend that runs a um, company out in California. And uh-huh. he said he doesn't allow any of that. You call somebody a dumbass, you get a warning to get muted for the race. How do you handle in-race arguments? A lot of times we'll, we'll end up muting you if you if you get too out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, we just try to remind everybody, hey, look, keep race comms clean. Y'all can't, there's, a, there's a channel on our Discord that's called the Apex Hauler. Mm-hmm. You can click over in there and you can go to yelling all you want. Got it. And, uh, a lot of it, it, uh, we'll we'll get occasionally some things that happen like that, and for the most part, you'll end up getting a warning for being on race comms. And if you do it again, there we got level one, level two, level three, and level four penalties. Okay. Level one's just a warning. Level two's a EOL the next race. Ah. Level three is a week suspension, and level four, you're fired. Um, wow, so you. You didn't you didn't sneak on my Discord and take mine, did you? Because that's exactly what we have. <laughs> One, two, three, no. and four. <laughs> um, Aaron and I got to talking about it. We were like, yeah. let's just let's see what we can do about that. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's, it's not too too bad. Yeah, but you, you gotta um, have you have to have something, otherwise they'll Oh yeah. They'll, otherwise it just gets out of hand. Yeah. And um I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Oh, and so, and so you're. Oh, what, what? I'm sorry. What night of the uh, week you race on? Thursday nights. Thursday it's night. Usually every Thursday night. Mm-hmm. But we take the holidays off. We take all the major holidays off if yeah. they if they happen to be on a Thursday night. Yeah, we do too. Um, we did. We were off for Thanksgiving this past season or yeah. this two weeks ago now, and we're taking the week of. Christmas off and the week of New Year's off. Got it. Just because everybody's traveling and mm-hmm. stuff like that, we felt like it was best. And us, us Southern boys down here, we're going. Hunt, we're gonna try to go hunt. So oh, I don't week. blame you. So, well, you never know when we're when we're around or not around. So it works <laughs> out to give us some time away yeah. from it. We there's a lot of guys yeah. up here that hunt. Um, deer hunting and duck hunting is pretty big right around here, and. It was some, dis- some yeah, some disease that the deer got. Um, I don't know how deer are down there, but up here, they are as as common as bunny rabbits and and stupid people. They're like ev- uh, everywhere. But uh, man, I, I could walk out my front door right now and probably see some deer out on the power line over there. Uh, if I okay. the spotlight across there. Yeah. So they um, they got some disease. Is CWD chronic waste disease? No, we had that uh, about ten years ago. This was something else. I, I forget what it is, but it makes. See, we some... just started getting chronic waste disease about five years ago or so down ah, here. Okay, it was. It's been up here for quite a while, but I'm, I I want to say it's from uh, a bite of a tick or a mosquito-borne disease. 
and they basically oh, possibly, yeah. yeah they stop eating and they go near water and we we live on in a private lake community the the rich people live on the lake the, the those of us that mow their lawns live off the lake and <laughs> i know how that goes yep and all of a sudden they they pulled 35 deer out of our lake this year from that oh, wow. disease and there's like none around I could go out back in the morning and I have a couple apple trees out back as well as my, my big vegetable garden. And they're like, yes, it's like a 6.8 point buck just sitting there eating on the, eating the apples off the tree. Look right at you. Do that snort that they do with their, with their, and uh -huh. then stomp the ground, then go back to eating. And now we're like, oh, there's a deer. That's like, it's like unique to see them again. They practically disappeared. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we don't have that problem down here. Ours, ah, okay. We, and you see them quite regular down here. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like uh, I said, I up, never realized there was that many till just a few years ago. And, yeah. And it's, uh, you got to be careful down here at night because if you're not, you're going to run into one. Yep. That was a big thing I, when they go I in. hit one and it's not fun. No, it's <laughs> not. And that, now we've got moose in the area. You, ever, you know, you, you hit a 200-pound deer, that's one thing. You hit a 1,000-pound moose, that's a totally different thing. Oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine. <laughs> no, we don't have any moose down here. We got, yeah. we got the, I guess you'd call the equivalent to that maybe is a uh, wild hog. You can get some pretty big wild hogs down here. Oh, those things are nasty. Yes, they are. Very nasty. They're, they're good eating, but they do a lot of damage. They do. They do. They, that's one of the things you can hunt just about year-round down here. Yeah. Um, deer, you know, we hunt from November to January, but yeah, that's um, kind of like up here. And then, um, the time you got to watch out for them up here is like October, November when they go into the, what they call the rut or their mating season. And then they're, they're all over the place. Yeah. Our rut yeah. down here is, um, it's getting ready to start here in the next couple of weeks. It'll be the, through the end of hunting season down here through the end of January. Ah, cool. So tell me about, anyway, um, back yeah, back to racing. <laughs> Um, points, what type of points you use in scoring? And then tell me about your playoffs. Okay. So points, we do the NASCAR scoring. Um, okay. we use Sim hub, which was Dan Lisa mm -hmm. before. Yep. And everything's, everything's run through that. So you get bonus points for leading a lap. You get bonus points as usual for winning the race. Uh, I think it's, three extra bonus points for winning the race mm -hmm. and a bonus point for leading the lab bonus point for a clean race. Um, if you, if you, if you finish with zero X's, you'll get a bonus point. But if you get 12 X's, you'll get a bonus point taken away. Ah, uh, okay. Um, there's a couple of other ones. I don't remember all the, all the bonus points that we actually have in there. So um, how do you, how do you get this? How do you get the scoring over to Sim hub? Do you download off, off of uh, your results off of iRacing right to them, or how do you do it that? Does. It It just, you can download it straight from iRacing and send it right over to uh, oh, okay. m Hub. <clears throat> yeah. And it makes it real nice. It puts it all in one place. And yes. And it's attracting points. If you have to penalize somebody, you can go in there and take points out pretty easily. Yep. If you have to add some points or remove some something like incident points, We've had some incidents where we've had to remove incident points because mm -hmm. the entire field would have had a negative point <laughs> and, or, or more. Yeah. So there was one race, golly, I bet I had like 30 incident points. Oh, and wow. That would have been two, two 
two points lost because it's every twelve. And uh, it was it was just one of the bad nights. Full moon at Bristol. It was. <laughs> yep. Oof, it was bad. That'll do it. Now, how do you do? Um, how do you do your playoffs? And how many do you have? Eliminations like uh, in NASCAR does it like a sixteen, eight, and a four. How do you do your playoffs? We do. Okay. The last season, it was it was just one race <clears> each <throat> uh, each playoff where you had no. I'm sorry, it was two races, I believe, and it was sixteen, eight, uh, sixteen, ten, and eight, I believe, okay. and then four. Yeah. Um, I may be wrong on that. I I don't. I don't let me tell you. I can go back and look. Someone Discord right here. Mm. Uh, give me just a second. Nope, that's fine. We use, um, I used to do the, the scoring manually. I would download it from iRacing onto Excel, which I am mm-hmm. terrible on. And you know, we talking to, before we went on the air, talking about our, our issues. And I have like a moderate, mild case of dyslexia. And I'd, I'd get the points done. I'd go post them on the Discord page. And somebody would go, um, Greg, I think you missed a line again. So I, I had put them, let's say we've got 18 drivers and I would put on one line um, points, one through one line, one through 18 in the next column, which we did driver ratings. They went from like line two to 19. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, I got to do it all over again. So yeah, it was, well, it was I, never I was fun. Was, uh, 16, eight, four, and uh, the champion at the end. Ah, uh, okay. Um, Last season's champion was actually one of our admin, Chris McLean. Yeah. Which was, it was an interesting final four race. I think every championship leader or every champ, every contender for the final four, cha- for the championship in the final four led that race at some point oh, or cool. was in the back of the pack at some point that race. Yeah. Wow. It, it, it was wild, man. I was sitting there. I don't remember if I ran the race or if I was admin in that race, just admin in it, but I think I got wrecked out of it actually. And you were mm-hmm. sitting there watching the watching it unfold and it's like okay, so McLean's out front and Roger Ray Rogers was behind him. That was one of the other guys. Garrett Kinder and Aaron Aaron both were in the final four. Well, I look up and score and Ray's running third, Chris is leading, and Kinder's running if they're so and it was like okay who's gonna win this and all of a sudden we had a round of pit stops that were green flag stops and a caution comes out Ugh. and it screwed the entire field up yep it was just a mess it was one of my recent glitches when in the middle of all of it so you had guys laps down you had guys that weren't laps down mm. it, and then you had guys that were getting wave around and catching fields and and that got heated after that race because oh, we I had can imagine. caution and so everybody could catch the field at oh, Phoenix. All it, yeah, on the short track, it's not so bad. You can catch the field on, yeah. on the, on the uh, big one ones go now. Lap, but yeah. Phoenix, and those guys were full song and still on the back straight or still in the middle of the dog leg at that time because the Phoenix wasn't open, yeah. uh, updated. Yeah. And uh, they were still in the middle of the dog leg. We were fixing to go green, and it's like. Uh, this ain't gonna be good. Nope. Oh, speaking of eye so, racing, speaking of eye racing glitches, uh, the one that everybody that I've had on 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 the show here talks about is you're going down pit road under a yellow, and you can't see the cars on the track, and you get a 
yellow, a black flag for passing under yellow. Do you clear those? No. Well, it, when we were running live race control, we didn't because the live race control could watch it. We don't. Okay. Really, we don't have a live race control every race. Yeah. Um. The passing under the yellow penalties. The only time we clear them is if you or passing somebody underpowered and catching the field. Okay. If if you did under caution like that and you pass pass the person to your outside, it depends on if one of us realizes, hey, you're not catching the field now. So yep. it it'll be no, they can't clear that one or yeah. Uh, what'd you do to get that? Right. And if it, mm-hmm. we'll go back and review it if if at the end of the race, if mm-hmm. we if we see something that's not right on the review, or somebody points it out to us, through a pro- we have a protest form on our uh, Discord, and if we get a protest form, we'll go back and review the incident that's protested and drivers protested. And a lot of the drivers are like, well, it's not it's not worth filling it out because all they're gonna get is an EOL or slap on a wrist or whatever it's like well you can't let the pro- the protest can't work if you don't use the form exactly um so the only, that, the only black flags we actually clear are passing under the yellow for uh damaged vehicles and mm, okay. if you get forced down pit road to dodge an accident or you're dodging an accident right. and run down pit road to pull yep. song we'll clear those penalties yeah we for the used, most part, you do the time. You do the crime. You're you gonna do, do the, the time. <laughs> um, yeah, we used to clear them on for the passing under yellow. This year, we decided not to because it got to be. Uh, we didn't want to get to the point where we would have people speeding down pit road and saying, "Well, I got a yellow for pa- or a black for passing under yellow," so we didn't do it. But we had a one situation this year where it was late in the race, and one of the cars was low on fuel and we had a caution come out and that car didn't make it down pit lane. Didn't even make it to the entrance. And then everybody started getting, um, black flags. So we had, you know, we had, I was, um, I'm an admin, I drive and all our admins drive. And so I just got on the mic and I said, Hey, I think we got to do something here. And it says permission from the admins to clear that black flag because of, you know, the car running out of uh, fuel causing the incident. And it was like, yeah, n- unanimous, no problem. So we we had our preseason meeting. Yeah, we're not going to clear any black flags, no reason. And all of a sudden something comes up. Well, it wasn't my fault that that guy ran out of gas and I passed him under caution. So there's always exceptions. There he is. There's always exceptions. We yeah. don't, we got rid of our yellow flag rule. We used to throw, the admin used to throw the yellow, every yellow flag, just about it. If power racing didn't, Mm-hmm. Well, we no longer do admin cautions because we had a race a couple months ago that is back to the beginning of the year, beginning of the actual 2021, where the field was in the field was on different strategies. Well, caution came out. Driver said, "Don't throw the caution," and the caution ended up getting thrown by one of the admin, mm-hmm. and it worked out to the this particular team's favor uh, to end up winning the race over and it was big mess. So I could see that to keep that from happening again, we went to no admin cautions unless it's just something we see and yeah. I racing doesn't throw it. Yeah. So we had an incident where, uh, 
one of our drivers got spun down to the bottom at Martinsville. He's sitting at the bottom of the racetrack. We're still whizzing by at full speed. He's sitting sideways in the middle at the bottom of the track backwards. And it's like, uh, he has nowhere to go. He can't turn around. He can't not go at, to pit road. Not in Martinsville. He can't move because if he backs up, he's going to be in the field. Yep. And it, it would not throw the caution for nothing. I no. think we ran ah. five to seven laps with it like that. Yeah. And we finally had to throw the caution just so he could move because he wasn't going to back out and wreck the entire field. Yeah. Especially um, at Martinsville. So that, there's there's exceptions to everything, sure. And we try to we try to be fair. Yeah. Um, we got lucky this year. Uh, we went down to Martinsville for an Halloween weekend for the, the uh, last race before the you know the championship well, week. Yeah, the championship. Race. And we were right down front when Bowman and Hamlin went at it. I got it, it literally ten feet in front of us. It was unbelievable. Oh, wow. It was so cool. And then we were there when that a guy, really cool. we were there, the, you know, the day before and a guy handed Noah Gregson a beer through the fence and he drinks it and throws the bottle up in the air. Oh, what a great weekend. That was, that was, a, oh, wow. that was the craziest. That sounded really fun. Actually. Oh, it's great. Um, yeah. It's been a long time since I've been to a race. I haven't been to a race since I was seven or eight years old. Oh, wow. Uh, 93 was my last race. Ah. <laughs> And NASCAR race. I've been to a lot of dirt track races, but yeah, we go to. Um, we used to go to a lot of the dirt track stuff. We did not get to the dirt tracks this year. We went to, oh, where you go? Of course, we went to Lime Rock three times. We went to the Modifieds over at Stafford in Connecticut. We went up to IMSA in Watkins Glen. Then we I think we hit four NASCAR races this year. Normally, it's about three that, that we go yeah. to. We. Well, we didn't go to as many races as we normally do. Um, we went to probably, I think, I think that I, I really think I only took the kids to one race this year, and mm-hmm. that was to the World Outlaws Sprint Car Race over in Monroe, Louisiana. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an asphalt track that covered with dirt, so yep. it, it's really fast, really fun to watch. Um, and the kids had never seen the four tens on the racetrack they've seen the 360s and all that they've never seen the 410s yeah and so we took them over there for that and that was a lot of fun yeah and i think that's the only race they went to this year no kidding Mm -mm, oh i I don't think we went to any other race it's funny how that happens you you get into a cycle of going and then something like covid comes along and you want to go but you just seem like you you know go in a different direction we didn't go to one dirt track this year we normally go Three or four times. Yeah, that's we were usually going once or twice a month racing. So wow, and now uh, we didn't even take the race car to the track at all this year. We did we did right at the end of last year. We ran four races last year and went mm-hmm. through four noses on that on that late model. So we said enough was enough, and this year <laughs> just life in general got in the way of everything yep. and we we didn't race at all and it, it was kind of surprising that it does. we went i haven't been to the shop in almost a year oh wow that that's how crazy it was i walked in yeah. the shop for the first time this year this past november uh, just mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago and we put the car together and went and made some practice laps just to see if it turned laps and yeah that's that's as far as we've done it wow. put it back in put it back on the lift and 
Drain the water out of it. Got it ready for winter. <laughs> hey, before I forget about it, um, you got your own uh, yeah. design business going on there. Tell me about One Inch Designs. What do you do? Uh, how do you, how did you get started with that? So One Inch Designs. Years ago, I used to I used to do a little bit of playing with Photoshop and stuff like that. So I was like, hey, I know a little bit about this. Well, Matt Rogers, a friend, of, uh, a good friend of ours that we race with, he started doing his own paint schemes and started talking about it. And we, we all kind of bounced around with it, looking at it. I sat there one night and watched Matt build a paint scheme. And I was like, dude, I can do that. So I started asking him questions and learning how to do it. And over the last six, eight months, it's turned into, I probably do five or six a month sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's not counting my own. I mean, I change paint schemes. Like, I change underwear. It's probably every other week. I have oh, I, I paint love scheme. doing I'll paint schemes. I'll something else. Yeah. Yeah, always changing. And one inch designs actually came from, a. it's a play on words. It's, so my name is just Ian. So I was like, well, a lot of things, I mean, it's just barely in. So that's where the one inch came from. Ah, There's okay. a few other references, but we're not yeah. going to go there. <laughs> I don't know. Don't, I, I don't want to know. <laughs> TMI, too, too much information. I'll leave it at that. Yep. <laughs> and so that's where that came. That's how that got started. And it, it's just progressed to where it, it's my relaxing thing. I race and aggravates me some weeks. So yep. I'll, I'll go build a paint scheme before I'll get on my rig and drive. And that's uh-huh. probably a bad thing. <laughs> but paint schemes are more relaxing than, than racing. Yeah, to me, some nights I do my paint. Um, I do my paint schemes on trading paints, and sometimes that that program can be not too user friendly. I, I quit. I tried trading paints one time when I was like, mm, I can't do it. But I yeah. use GIMP more than anything else, and I just got Photoshop again this mm-hmm. last week and trying to figure it out. And I'm like, man, I can do this, this, and this in GIMP. Why can't I do it in Photoshop this way? So it's yeah. It's been it's been a learning curve. <laughs> yeah, how easy is GIMP? Because I, I I haven't I've downloaded it, but I I'm one of those ones where if it if there's not a button that says start here, I get all frustrated, and then you know the anxiety attack comes in. How how easy I is GIMP? You. GIMP's actually really easy. Okay. It, it's I if I'm trying, I can do one in thirty minutes or less. Yeah, usually, okay. um, it's that easy. Is everything just piles in there as layers, and yeah. you can shape it, and move it, and select things. And there's a lot of YouTube tutorials on how to use GIMP, which makes it really nice. Okay. And uh, a few hours of watching videos and talking to Matt, and started playing with it. And I got probably, well, I bet six or eight trucks in the field each each week oh, on Thursday cool. nights. Um, what do you charge for a design? Ten dollars, usually. It's reasonable. Um, there's several that I just I'm like, hey man, look, just run my paint scheme just so I, just so I can get some more work out of it. Yeah. And uh, but usually it's only ten dollars and five dollars an additional scheme, and sometimes I'll do a night scheme for somebody and just be like, hey, don't worry about it. It, it was already there, and I thought about it, and. The inverted paint scheme looked cool to me, so I just sent it to you too. Ah, that's um, cool. I'm not, I'm not in it to get rich. Yeah, 
it's a pretty competitive market according to some other designers, but it's to me it's just fun. It's relaxing. Yeah, it, it, it is competitive because there's a lot of guys out there doing them for five bucks. I've had some other guys on here that charge thirty to fifty bucks for them. And if you you look at if you're gonna make try to make a living on it, you've got to get twenty five, thirty, fifty bucks for a design. Otherwise, oh, yeah. you're not gonna make it. You can't make it. You know. Oh no, you can't. Dollars in design. Um, I paid the most I paid for a design was twenty five dollars for a paint scheme, yeah. and that was before I knew how to do them. I haven't bought one in almost a year, eight nine months now. Yep. So. And each one gets better every time you do it. it you find something different every time. That's spec true. Maps are a whole other animal. Yeah, I can't. Is the, the spec maps? That's for the uh, the chrome, the and chrome, metallic colors, and flat flat colors. And- I was on one of the the Facebook groups for trading paints, and they're all talking about the chrome. And I said, "Where do you do this? Or oh, you got to put a spec map on?" I'm like, "Yeah." Then what do you do? And then I, I could, it's just like, never mind. I'm not going to do it. It just got to be too complicated and too frustrating. It's really not as hard as it sounds when you get, okay. Excuse me. When you get into it, yep. it's, it's not bad at all. Um, all it is, is you, you click the spec map layer and you pull it up and you make whatever you want, chrome or shiny, you paint it red and anything you want flat, you paint it lime green. Oh, no kidding. And then you can, you, Change the tie, the format as car spec dot whatever your iris number is, and you throw it over into the the uh, document folder for iRacing paints. Oh, okay. On that particular vehicle, and iRacing does this whole wizardy thing where it puts it together and gives you an M- MIP file or yeah, a map file, and you mm-hmm. take that map file and you put it over in the trading paints when you upload it. And that's how trading oh, paints okay. knows to put the spec map on there. Got it. Well, it, it's really not hard. After I figured it out, it I was scared of it when I first did first paint schemes and all. I was like, man, I don't get this. And yeah, I couldn't figure it for the. Life I sat out one weekend. I said, I'm gonna figure these spec maps out. Started doing <laughs> it. Yeah, I don't put them on every ride, but there's there's a good many of them. I'll throw a spec map on just to change the colors a little bit. Sure. And that's how you make silver and. Uh, you can get that really, really flat black that's beautiful. Yes. Oh, that thing is, it looks, looks like a prototype car almost. It is. It, it gets it that detailed. And on the, uh, on the Xfinity cars with that carbon fiber body, if you get it flat enough, you can actually see the carbon in the body. Oh, that's awesome. So uh, it, it makes some pretty paint schemes. Yeah. Um, like, it's been it's been an interesting road. Learning a lot of learning curves, a lot of yeah. a lot of late evenings going. How how do you make this decal <laughs> fit this car? Yep. Finding Ooh. designs and putting designs together, and I started doing all our logos for Apex this season, and uh, actually started doing a few other logos. You see on these logos on here, my one-inch designs is on there. The passing specialized services, which is Aaron Tracy's, uh, the company Aaron Tracy worked for. Mm-hmm. That logo, I had to replicate their actual logo. Nobody had it, so ah. I built that one off of a business card, actually. No kidding. It was, it was pretty interesting that night. The couple of nights I did that one. <laughs> uh, 
the peg leg pole award design. That's one of our drivers, Chuck. His his nickname from the military is Peg Leg. So okay. Chuck wanted to sponsor the league. He's our pole award. So it's like, all right, I'll do you some cool, oh, some kind cool. of cool design. And that was fitting. He, big burly military guy. Um, uh, that's that's the three that I've done on there. Um, the the absolute product design. That's that's a company that my dad started about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Or absolute product solutions. I'm sorry. Gotcha. It, it's his company, and I made him kick in twenty five dollars to sponsor the last lap of the race. <laughs> And so uh, what to type help with some broadcasting, right? broadcasting and stuff, it's the icing the competition because he sells ice machines. So. Ah, okay. Hence the blue and want. hence the blue and white design on the logo. Hence the blue and white on the logo. Correct. Yeah. I uh, I actually don't think I got that twenty five dollars back from him yet. Uh oh. Um, and we talked about the Burkhalter recycling and demolition yep. earlier before we got on before we got on the air. That's mm-hmm. our hard charger award each. Each week, it, there's a hard charger, and I think there's going to be an overall hard charger at the end of the year. Yeah, we have uh, we have one at the end of the season. A um, couple of awards like that. We have uh, week six. Whoever the the new driver is with the most points, they win a Joe Six Pack Racing T-shirt. And then the most improved driver from last season, the hard charger, um, they get they get a like a custom Joe Six Pack gym bag. That's cool. Yeah, we, have- we actually send out a trophy for our guy to our our championship guys. Mm-hmm. There's a it's a little trophy that looks like the guy's driving driving a he has a steering wheel and a helmet on and he's laying in a uh, lazy boy. <laughs> and it, That's cool. And found this trophy online somewhere. I really? Have no idea where he found it, but oh, he found this cool. trophy, and that's that's what we send to all the champions. We we sent Alex one. We sent. Aaron's got his at his his rig, and yeah. I, I believe he sent Chris one this last season. That's pretty cool. Uh, oh, speaking of, um, do you guys have any uh, dues to get in for like a prize prize fund, or is it all? Uh, yeah, we have we have a ten dollar okay league fee that helps with all the broadcasting, and yep. the sponsors help kick in money to help pay for some broadcasting. Gotcha. And we we have it to where you can sponsor a race. Uh, to help with some broadcast and stuff mm-hmm. and overall league expenses and yeah uh, it, it, it run- apex gave it gave away or helped us out on a button box for the championship ah, cool uh Kyle Roberts designs which is the leather logo that's on right there at the bottom of the the word showdown yep he actually created a wallet for Chris and it has his initials and his uh, hit the number five on the back of it. It's a really nice wallet. I should have cool. sent you some pictures of it. Um, I have them. I, I apologize yeah. for not sending them. To oh you. no, that's fine. I didn't even think to talk about it. Yeah, just sitting here looking at the. I have the the uh, sponsor sheet up on my screen. And that's I what I've got. Yep, was going through them. Yep. So yeah. the the five logos across the very bottom of it on the sponsor page that is actually the five team logos for the five teams that are locked in as charter teams i guess you'd say yeah. um right. yeah i was going to ask you about those if they were other leagues you were in or where they came from they so 
I looked through our Discord and actually found the logos for each of the teams and uh-huh. stuck them on the bottom of it. Oh, okay. Each team has <clears throat> four to five drivers, and their points all count towards a team point yep. fund, which is, I think there's some kind of prize this season for team championship. I yep. don't really remember. I may be wrong on that, so don't, if any of them are listening, don't hold me to that. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what kind of surprises we're going to have at the end of the season. It's all it's all subject to change. Yep. Um, yeah, we give the out team, the team championship from last year was won by Poman Motorsports, just in dominating fashion. Mm-hmm. Well, this season, Poman's domination ain't quite there as much as it was last <laughs> season, and the dirt affliction guys are just wearing everybody out right now. Yep. Three races in, or I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, We'll be in our seventh week or eight, seventh week if you don't count the off week. So six, six. Yeah. This will be our sixth race. So okay. five races now. They've won all five races. Ah. It's it's been something to see. Yeah. Now I want to jump back for a little bit when you said um, you had an admin that was a, a champion. Um, our admins race. Uh, I've had other guests on who said they don't let their admins race. Admins are admins, uh, but we're. They say we're a laid back league. We we'd be the equivalent of your local beer league, softball league type of thing. Um, yeah, we're pretty much the same way. Yeah. Our our four admin actually race. Yeah, and sometimes I'll I'll jump in and say, hey, I'm not gonna race tonight, or mm-hmm. if if I'm which this season I'm so far back in points, it wouldn't matter if I made a race <laughs> or if I missed a race or not anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think I even got a chance to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss Daytona, so if we were at a Luke Bryan concert the uh, opening night of Apex, and I was like, really? We got to go to a concert on our opening night? <laughs> well, so heck, that's, that's going to be a big hole to dig out of. Well, Luke Bryant, that's a, that's an excuse to miss a race. I would. <laughs> well, I took the kids. Uh, I okay. could care less to see Luke Bryan shake his butt <laughs> all over the stage. Yeah, I haven't seen him. We've been... My, my, 20 year old he's got me going reliving the 80s through him because he came up to me one day and he said uh he goes what 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 was so great about the 80s i said son sit down i'll tell you a story i said basically if you had a job you could have a night because everything in the 80s was so much more reasonable and in proportion compared today i said if you had a full-time job you could afford a nice car your own apartment or a small house young and if you went out on a saturday night and you spent 15 dollars, you had one heck of a good time he's like okay oh yeah yeah, and I said, and the music was good. Hmm. Uh, I I couldn't tell you anything about partying in the eighties. I was only uh, <laughs> I was born in eighty seven, so I wouldn't. But knee high to a grasshopper <laughs> before yeah. the turn before well, the nineties started. Yeah, I remember the nineties, and uh, I was a teenager in, in the early two thousands. So oh wow, I was a teenager in the seventies. <laughs> My, Late 70s. my senior year was 2006, so right. the first six years of the new millennial, new millennia, wow. we were is when we were all teenagers, and yep. and you just, I got friends that are older than us that were teenagers in the 90s, and you just start talking and comparing stuff, and it's it's crazy to see it how is. different culture is was then the country is even now to when we were seniors exactly teenagers. I, I graduated in 1980 and the joke amongst my generation is friends don't tell friends the 80s were 40 years ago 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I have not even thought about that. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like yesterday. You're like, yeah, and yeah, in the early 2000s was, you know, 20, 20 years ago was the 80s. It wasn't 2000 20 years ago. It's like, that's, just, that's true. Yeah. My mother in law, when we were sitting there on the couch the other day, and my kids were talking to my mother in law about school or something. She said, Do you realize it's almost 50 years since she graduated? Oh, I was man. like, oh, interesting. Yep. Uh, 40, uh, 41 years for me. Anyway, back to back to racing. Back to the real world here. <laughs> Apex is broadcasted by Five Kings Network now this season. Okay. Uh, they picked us up in the last season. I think we did the final four or five, six races, maybe. Yeah. It was all the playoff races last season. And uh, Tanner and Jason with Five Kings Network have done a really awesome job. They're fun to watch. Cool. Um, and what, what platforms do they broadcast you on? They broadcast us on YouTube and Facebook. I don't okay. I do not think they do Twitch. Um, but for the most part, our races, like I, like I said earlier, they go green. They they're green flag races, and we got a lot of side by side racing. And cool. they when it gets boring, they do a really good job of keeping keeping you entertained. Yeah. They do best paint of the night. Uh, like I said, the hard charger. And several other things that pop up throughout the night. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a list in front of me to tell you what all they are. Yeah. And how did how did you find those guys, or did they find you? We actually were kind of looking for a broadcaster to start this season with, and one of our final four guys, Gary Kinder, brought them to our attention. It was like, hey, these guys are just starting. Maybe it's worth a shot trying. All right, we'll give them a try and see what happens. And cool. They've actually done it really well. They've done really well from uh, where they started the first couple of broadcasts we watched to theirs. We were like, yep. oh, sure, we want these guys. <laughs> and, but as the se- as the end of the season progressed last year, they got better and better. It it, it become a lot of fun to actually watch the races. And yeah. I go back and watch all of them backwards again just to see and it's cool. It, it keeps, it's entertaining it is. to watch them because uh, even though I know what's going to happen in the race, it's yeah. actually entertaining to listen to them it try is. to tell and it, and it's kind enthusiasm of, it's, for what's going on. Yeah, and it's kind of cool when they show the in-car camera and it's your car, and then they put your little picture up there with your name and where you're from, and it feels like, hey, I'm just like the guys on real racing. <laughs> exactly. It, it's it is fun. fun. It is. Um, it, that apex has just grown so much we've gone through we've gone through a few growing pains we hit a few growing pains this past couple yeah. of weeks and it happens we got yeah it does we got homestead coming up this week like i said earlier and i was running some laps when we were first talking uh before before the show started and i was i was like oh, this is not gonna be good the, the, the setup's really loose and yeah they homestead has changed it used to be you could run two or three lines on that track. It's not like that anymore. Uh, now you either have to run the bottom, or you're up. You're up against the wall, dragging the quarter yeah. panel all the way down the track. Yeah, and I don't like dragging the wall. And I'm not good at either portion of that. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was halfway decent at it when it was when it run it run it to the middle, but yeah. And I'm no no ace at this stuff at all. Oh no, and me neither. My my I, I rating I'm is like behind the scenes stuff at painting race cars. Yeah. That's about it. My I rating is like thirteen ninety. I was my goal 
last year was to get up to 1500 and every time i get to like 1490 it's like either week 13 or the tr- it goes to daytona or talladega and it's like you just get killed i don't even want to tell you what my road i rating is it's like 700 i, I don't i don't even have a road i rating i hadn't run enough road road rating road races to again to even get it classified yeah i love road but i i totally suck at driving we had three road courses in our league this year and let's put it this way if there were 22 cars that started the field i would finish 27th that's how bad i am on <laughs> me too and we don't have yeah. any road courses on our, on our schedule yet mm-hmm. this, this season <clears throat> next season yeah probably we gotta add so many people asking for them gotcha um but man i i don't know how to explain it i just can't seem i told you earlier i have add and my add yeah. will kick in and i can be running along i ran a race last night at five flags in a in another league and i was tooling along running good running top 10 good top 10 finish and uh, next thing i know i'm sitting sideways at the end of pit road and tied up in a wreck and yep well, my bonehead itself forgot to hit the fast repair when I made it to the pit stall. And <laughs> uh, I've done that. Down and, well, actually, oh. I seven laps down because the car blew up. Yep. I usually – We do um, two quick repairs during our races, and early in the race, I'll turn that button off, and then I'll get a newer wreck, and I'll pull down pit road, forget to turn it on. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, what do you mean I'm doing only 140 miles an hour? Then I look down, and I was like, I didn't even use a quick repair. I forgot to turn it on. So I, I've we, done I've done the same thing. Do, yep. Oh yeah, we do one one of each, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's saving it to the end of the race. When yes. You no, know, if you only got like 10, 15, 20 seconds of damage, there's no sense in using oh, it. Oh no, not at all. Be up to speed. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, usually I check it. I'll put it in fourth gear and idle it under the pace lapse. I'll check. I'll push the clutch in and see what the idle is on on the truck. Uh huh. And uh, that way, I know if I get into a wreck, I get I catch the wall or something. When I get a free second under caution, and we're just idling around, I can reach down, hit the clutch, and hold the clutch in, and see what the RPMs are then. Ah, uh, good down move. Power or yeah, whatnot. that's a good move. <laughs> and uh, oh, I just gave away a trick. Oops. But it's it's one of those one of those things. It's like, yeah. do I use it or do I not use it? And a lot of nights I won't use it till late in the race, and I'll end up using the fast repair. Yeah, I'll get a road hypnosis sometimes on a big oval like Talladega, and forget what for even forget what turn you're in. Uh, I've done that several times. <laughs> you diving off in the corner, and it's like, yeah, turn one, you hit the brake here. Turn four, you hit the brake. Your turn three, you hit the brake here. Yep. And I'll get mixed up because I have different references and mm-hmm. I'm sitting there racing somebody and I'll end up grabbing the brake too hard in the one or grabbing a brake too little in the three. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. that reminded me on, um, NASCAR radio on Sirius XM. They were talking to one of the old time drivers and his, his breaking point, And I think it was at Martinsville was a, um, a guy in a white shirt up in like row 37, let's say. And he knew when he saw that guy to, that was his breaking point. And then uh-huh. he started, his breaking point wasn't working after, you know, halfway through the race. Cause his, his crew chief was like, what's going on? Well, I'm using that guy up there in row 37 in the white shirt. And he said, and then the other guy, this crew chief finds out, he goes, 
that guy has changed his seat like eight times since the green flag of this race. (laughs) (laughs) It was so cool because it was back in the days when, you know, you didn't have 18,000 spotters or whatever. The spotters weren't as, he says, Oh, I guess I got to find it. (laughs) I mean, it happens. Something as a reference. And I could, I could, I can't see the stands on my screen. I run on 49 inch wide screen. I can't see the stands because I have the field of view so far up. Ah, uh, okay. And so I have to try to find, I have to try to find a reference point. Yeah. And some places I can't find one, and it's just like, okay. Yep. Follow the guy in front of you. If he's doing well, just follow him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Justin, I want to say thanks for stopping in tonight. Um, like I said, uh, we got rid of the fifteen-minute segments. We've gone through six fifteen-minute segments here alone tonight. And it's been yeah, a great I looked down at the time and I went, Oh wow, that's an hour and a half. Already. Yeah. It's like, it, it starts out and I'm like looking at the clock and I'm like, Oh, we're, we're, we've covered half your bio and it's quarter after eight. I do this with everybody. And I'm like, uh, I hope we have stuff to talk about. And then always goes on. It's a great conversation. So in a wrap up, uh, if somebody wants to get in touch with apex sim racing, E series showdown, uh, if you're taking new drivers, how do they get in touch with you? Um, there's no real good easy way right now. Uh, I really don't know how to explain that because as of right now, we're not actually taking any drivers. Oh, we've okay. already started. We're halfway through our season okay. now, so that makes sense. Um, but there'll be some uh, recruitment races probably the middle of March, starting the middle of March, going oh, okay. through first of April or so, somewhere in All there. Right. And just have to look out for those. Hopefully we'll get a Facebook page built or a Facebook group or whatever built in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Might try to do that over the off off weeks we got coming up so that it'll make it easier to find yeah. us. Uh, what about your um, disc what about your Discord? Is that open to non league members or just league members? Uh the Discord, just about anybody can get in it because we can give you permissions and set it to where you see some of the chat but not all the chat. Right. And we're we're toying with options on that right now. Okay. Um, that was a discussion we had about a week ago now. Yeah. Oh, uh, it, it, it it's not finished yet, but we'll we'll have something like that here soon. Okay. Um, Sounds good. So when you get to, when you get ready to run your uh, recruiting for. Like late March or April, give me a holler back. We'll bring you back on so that way we can get the word out if you're looking for drivers well, at that point. I will. Um, when we do this again, I'm going to have to bring some of the drivers in with me. Too, oh, yeah, please do. It, and that'll probably be a two or three hour conversation. <laughs> and we get off chasing rabbits and telling stories. Oh, yeah. That's you that's what I love about it. To that's what I love about it. Like I said, it's a conversation, not an interview. If it were an interview, we'd be we'd be done in 15 minutes. But I don't like doing interviews. I like oh, no, it's it's not as fun with an interview. We can't just start telling stories then. No, you're right. <laughs> All right, Justin. Like I said, we'll we'll have to do this again and I'll have to bring sure. some of the guys with me. Yeah, it'll please do. Of, it'll be a whole lot of fun. Yeah. All right, maybe we'll do it in um I'm I'm booked through the end of the year with guests. I'm booking into January now. So talk to some of your guys and um give me a holler. Maybe we'll do something uh, late January or February, see how your league is going there. You can do that because we'll be in the middle of playoffs. Oh, and- cool probably about the middle of February. So we'll see if we can't squeeze something in there. And I'll try to squeeze some secrets. I'll try to squeeze some secrets out of your drivers. Yeah, good luck. I can't do it. So <laughs> maybe you can. 
All right, Justin, have yourself a good night and um, happy holidays. And thanks again for stopping by. This was a blast. Yes, sir. You too. Thank you. Good night. Justin Miller from Apex Sim Racing E-Series Showdown. And uh, what a great guy. Like I said, we started out this podcast uh, bringing in guests. And I was planning on 15-minute segments doing two guests per night. We've we've burned through six of those 15-minute segments tonight. That's why we have one guest per show. And you, and then on Wednesday nights, I got to, after this, go through and do the whole Joe Six-Pack update for the week. Justin Miller, Apex Sim Racing E-Series Showdown. And they're racing at Homestead this week. And he also owns One Inch Designs, doing logos and paints for a good price of 10 bucks. there. Sounds like he's really into the paint scene there. And some of his other sponsors, Passion Specialized Services, Absolute Product Solutions, Poman Motorsports, one of the teams, Last Chance Racing, Midwest Motorsports, some of the teams in the league there, Dark Horse Motorsports, Dirt Affliction, uh, Kyle Roberts Designs, with the great leather logo on the page there. Sounds like they had a really nice price for somebody, a custom-made leather wallet with their car number on it, etc. Sounds really cool. Burkhalter Recycling and Demo, and Dark Horse Motorsports, and their broadcaster, Five Kings Network. Hey, if you're interested in being a guest on the Joe Six uh, podcast, we have a great time doing it. We've talked to people from all over the world. We'll be back on tomorrow night with a, a league management. Uh, I forget what the actual term is there, but anyway, they run the rules for you during the league. And they'll be on tomorrow night and from down under, down in Australia. So give me a holler at Joe Sixpack Racing on Facebook or just look us up, send us a note, and let me know what you do in a league. If you're a painter, a driver, you own a team, you're a broadcaster, you're an admin, um, league steward, we'd love to talk to you and find out more about you so you can get your word out and give me something to talk about. The Joe Sixpack Racing Merch Shop is still up there. Still up there for your holiday treasures or your 12-month-a-year beer-drinking, wine-drinking adventures. You can get that 4-inch ceramic tree ornament put up there on your tree out of the way of the cats and the throw pillow to throw at the cats because the cats are going to climb up that tree and find any ornament you put on there. The League Joe Sixpack Racing gets a $3 cut off of anything that's sold, goes towards offsetting the expenses of running the league and broadcasting. Anything extra goes towards prizes. That's the Joe Sixpack Racing Merch Shop at cafepress.com slash Joe Sixpack Racing League. Joe Sixpack Racing League is finishing up Season 3 this week. We finished up Trucks, Legends are done, and Next Gen Cup Series, our final race of the year, will be this Sunday. And we are beginning recruiting for next year already for Season 4. We'll be starting that Sunday night at about 7 o'clock after our final season race for the Next Gen Cup Series. Next Gen Cup Series will be recruiting at three tracks this year, Charlotte, Kentucky, and Daytona. You can find out when those races are on our Facebook page, on Twitch. It'll be up here, and I'm also posting it at various places on Facebook. Pick them up trucks starts 
They're recruiting December 14th at Atlanta at 7 p.m. 90 lap race. Next Gen will be at Charlotte on Sunday, December 12th at 7 p.m. And that will be a 120-lap race night, 60% fuel, two green-white checkers, two quick fixes, two tire changes, and competition caution at lap 50. Formula V road course race, that's our new league this year. Their first recruiting race will be Thursday, December 16th at 7 p.m. at Lime Rock. 30 lap, 35 laps, 100% fuel, two quick changes on the tires, two, two quick changes, two quick fixes, two tire changes, sorry. And our road courses are not running any full course yellows. It'll be just like some of the bigger road course leagues where there'll be area yellows. Yellow flag will come up on the left-hand side of your screen, telling you there's somebody off the road, slow down, etc., like that. And they'll be doing their races at Lime Rock and Summit Park for different dates, Thursdays and Tuesdays. Our Legends League, which is run by one of our admins, Anthony Garland, that runs on alternating Mondays to fit his work schedule. So when they're racing, there will be two league races each night. So you're not going to spend every other week and just have a six race or seven race season. They'll be doing two races a night and they begin their recruiting season Monday, the 13th of December at Langley. There'll be 40 laps fixed at 8 p.m. And they're going to do a whole bunch of tracks. They're going to do Langley, USA International, Bristol, Oxford, South Boston, Martinsville, and New Hampshire. Season four starts on January 4th with Legends on Monday, Trucks on Tuesday, Formula V on Thursday, and Next Gen Cup Series on Sundays. A whole bunch of practices during the week that our league managers will set up and post. You can find these races for recruiting season. They'll be listed under Hosted on the Hosted Races. And they will start out as JSPRL, which stands for Joe Sixpack Racing League, recruiting, and then it'll name the track. To join Joe Sixpack Racing League, pretty easy. You can look us up, our leagues, on the racing page on Facebook, a league page. Ask to join. Pretty simple requirements. I rating cap is 2,000, and your license is Rookie 2.0 to Class A 4.0. We go a little bit further in vetting the drivers. I go through and I do check average incidents per race. So if you're a really, really good results, uh, finishing top five 30% of the time, winning 20% of your races, but you've got 16 or 18 incidents per race, you're not going to make it in the league. We try to keep it down low. That's Joe Sixpack Racing Season 4 recruiting schedule. 21 races between this coming Sunday, the 12th, and the first weekend of 2022, races will be posted all over the internet as well as individual races. That's it for the special edition of the Joe Sixpack podcast. You can have a beer with Joe Sixpack. Just follow me. Looking to get up to 60 followers. Doesn't do anything except stroke my ego a little bit and get a few more listeners out there. And this series is called The Faces Behind the Races on the Joe Sixpack podcast. Have yourselves a good night, and as usual, we'll see you on the track. Good night.